Welcome back to My Seminary Life. I'm your host, Brandon Knight. And today we have a different episode. We're still going to be talking about what I study, what I'm studying in grad school right now. I'm in a class on leadership, talking about the positive things that leaders, leaders, pastors should be doing, the positive traits. Uh, today, probably going to look a little bit different because in the spirit of the season, <clears throat> I'm a bad Christian who likes Halloween. And this time last year, I was in Systematic Theology 1, and it just happened to be that the week before Halloween, and therefore the episode before Halloween, was all on demons and Satan, which works pretty well for the season. And I wanted to keep that going. So today we're going to be talking about cult leaders. What makes a good cult leader? What can we learn from cult leaders? What could uh, the church learn and not implement? <clears throat> and in order to have this conversation, uh, one person came to mind immediately. Someone whose name I'm going to immediately butcher. Uh, my fellow cultaholic cult head, whatever we're supposed to call ourselves, Annie Lahowitz. Lahovich. Lahovich. Yeah. Okay. Annie Lahovich. Annie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this. You know, it's my favorite subject. Yes. Yes. <laughs> is it is it weird that two Christians' favorite subject is cults? We'll let you all decide. But uh <laughs> so before we get into this, I have a question for you and then I'm gonna say something else. Why 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 cults? Why why are cults so interesting to you? How'd you get into this? Uh, I don't even know. I I think I've never really thought about that. Okay. Like why? It was just one night on TikTok, wasn't it? Oh, <laughs> the love for cults started way before. Oh, that. really? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think TikTok just makes it easier to find out more information. But sure. um, I don't know what intrigues me about it. Okay. Um, I think I'm just always like why would people follow these crazy people? Like, don't okay. they see that this is crazy? Don't like this is not normal. Signs. Yeah. Sure. And so I think that's what intrigues me so much to like, look them up, watch documentaries about them. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm just always like, how did you not see the red flags? <laughs> right. I understand that. Yeah. For me, I, uh, I find it interesting to study other religions. These are, technically systems of belief. And so watching these documentaries is always interesting to me to learn like the verb, you know, the language that they speak, the, the main tenets of the faith and how that influences their lives. Obviously a lot of the documentaries focus more on the shock and awe because some of these have really dark stories behind them. Oh yeah. 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 So this is actually more of a recent thing for me, but you've been into cults for a long time. Yeah, probably. <laughs> and not like deep dives into them. Mm -hmm. Like I'll hear something and then maybe like Google search it and be sure. like, wow, that's insane. Um, but I don't know, like all the like ins and outs of them or sure. um, the facts. But I think, you know, with Netflix, and the fact that they have so many documentaries coming out and a lot are based off of like religion and cults. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's definitely just only fueled the fire to be like, oh, well, I'm going to sit here and binge this. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think there was one. What, what came out this summer? Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey. 
Is that the one about Mormon? Yes. Mormons, like very conservative Mormons came out and we, we were like Liberty texting Saints. back and forth. Yeah. 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 We were like texting back and forth during that one. Yeah. And that one like starts off your, you know, that one, I think Netflix did a really good job of like, they kind of lead you. They do. Into the crazy, not like the crazy starts right off the bat. Like you're watching and you're like, okay, red, you know, little mild red flags here and there. Mm. And, like, and you're like, interesting. And then like the last episode, you're like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they lead you on really well in that one. Yeah. The tension builds really well. And you have, and you keep watching it thinking like there has to be more to this because Netflix didn't just make a documentary on this. Too. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, they, okay. What's the punchline? Here, right. You know? Yeah. So before we get into our conversation of these different cult leaders, their associated cults, some of the stuff they believe in, I do want to run a disclaimer for those of you listening at home. So we don't know how this conversation is going to go. This isn't scripted. I do have an outline of people we can talk about. But given the story behind a lot of these cults, there is a good chance that we are going to talk about things like suicide, uh, mass murder, sex, uh, sex slavery, eating disorders. It This could be a very parental advisory heavy related episode. So if any of those things are triggering for you, thank you for making it this far into the episode. Come back next week. I have a much lighter episode talking about the leadership traits of David that we should embody. So Come back next week. Uh, if you got little ones, this is probably a good episode to wait until little ones are in bed or something, because this could get dark. Probably. <laughs> this could yeah. this could get dark. Okay. Let's start. Where should we start? Let's start with the one I think we connected over the first. Scientology. Yeah. With its founder, L. Ron Hubbard, and its current leader, David Miscavige. Yeah. So I think just about everybody has watched the Leah Remini Scientology show yeah. uh, on Netflix. Really good one. Love Re Leah Remini. And so just like short recap for anyone who hasn't watched it. She was a part of Scientology. She left and is now trying to basically uncover the craziness of Scientology and mm -hmm. make people aware of like what is going on. Um, and... So that is just her goal in doing this series. And so I think she's like, has several seasons. I think it's three, three yeah. or four seasons worth. Yeah. 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 And it's very good. Uh, not a Netflix original, but it is on Netflix. It might be like A&E or Life or one of those yeah, channels. So, yeah. One of those. Um, so it's founded by this guy named L. Ron Hubbard. Do you know anything about L. Ron Hubbard? Other than he has a fun last name? Uh, not much okay I'll, I'll take it on this one then because he fascinates me the guy was a sci-fi writer he wrote science fiction novels short stories pulp stories ended up um coming up with a counseling method technique that basically came down to locking somebody who was going through a manic depressive episode in a room until they finally calmed down. It never worked except for one time. And he tried to get this passed as like a legitimate way to counsel people. Sounds and, legit. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the, 
governing body over psychology. I don't know what it's called. I should have asked my best friend before we I did this, but there's like a body that has to like, yes, this is a legitimate way to counsel people said no. So he then takes this counseling technique and comes up with these other methods of like improving your mental thinking about yourself and the world. And that's how you get Scientology. I, yeah, I guess I did know that after you started telling that story, I was like, oh yeah, I didn't know all those things. At what point do you have to be a sci-fi like writer that you're just like, you know what? I'm going <laughs> to start my own religion. I'm going to start. Yeah. That's, and I think that's going to come up a lot of like, when did it go from A to B? When did it stop being, I'm just writing actually very long and very dry sci-fi books to, and now I have a religion that is making millions of dollars every year. Yeah. Like was there's something always off? Or, like, did it come later? And, like, that would be something I would be interested to hear is, like, people from, like, like growing up with him, his childhood, like, his Mm -hmm. adult, like, young adult life um, before he founded Scientology. Like, what was he like? Did people see things Mm -hmm. that were off to them? Sure. That would be interesting. That would be interesting. I also, I find it interesting. There's a lot of required reading in Scientology and you have to read his sci-fi books. And I'm just really curious how those play. It it came up a little bit in the show, but again, they only touch on so much of the actual like doctrines of these faiths. And so I'm just curious, like how, how do you wrap all of this together? How does all of this work? You know, but he's interesting because you have this, seemingly illogical jump like if george lucas was really trying to push the force as an actual religion <laughs> you know yeah he's running scientology oh and another thing is like you see this a lot of i have the actual knowledge of how to do things you know mm-hmm. but the 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 gatekeepers the people who actually know know the topic, know the subject well, speaking specifically in this case of mental health care, they won't let me do my thing. So I'm going to go start my thing. You know? Yeah. It's a pseudo, it's a pseudoscience. It's a pseudo psychology that they're pushing, you know? Right. So part of me wonders if like his interest in counseling was because he knew he could in finding counseling, I wonder if there were classes he knew he could take that would better help him manipulate people. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I don't even know like what extent his uh, counseling of his yeah. counseling ba- like training would be. Yeah. Other than like a casual, how do I help people with mental health problems? But I don't think that was his goal. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. So he's the leader, the head of the church of Scientology for like several years. I think this started like in the fifties pass, pass away seventies or eighties. And then David Miscavige yes. rises up. <laughs> he's a, he's a character. Yes. What do you think about David Miscavige? Um, that's another interesting one. Like, it's just like, you know, the fact that, okay, 
his wife is missing. Nobody knows where she's at. Outside of what he tells people. Right. And it's like, how is this not? Because mind you, their home base is in California. No, Florida. Florida. Yeah, Yeah. Florida. And like, how aren't people like taking this that serious? And she's been missing for a long time. Right. And that was the whole, like, I think beyond what happened to Leah Remney in Scientology, but also that his wife was her friend. Yes. And she kept questioning, where is she? Mm-hmm. And when she got this generic answer, that was like, no, that's that's not a good enough answer for me. Where is mm-hmm. she? And I think that's what like kind of like um, took her rose colored mm-hmm. glasses off is like she was just like, whoa, whoa, wait, people are missing now. This is <laughs> this, this is getting this yeah. is getting scary. Yeah. I also think and the other thing about David Miscavige that really uh, that really like captures my attention is that when L. Ron Hubbard dies, it seems you would expect when you have the head of a religion passes away, you would assume there's like this major power vacuum of like who's in charge here, now? who do I report to, and what the at least the way that they depict it is that Miss Gavage basically steps up immediately and okay, I'm in charge now. It's like, whereas with L. Ron Hubbard, it originally, it seems like there's this blurry line of, was he trying to manipulate people? Was he actually trying to help people? Like what's going on with Hubbard? Miss Gavage is like the ultimate opportunist. Like, yeah, I am going to seize power over this right. thing. You know, and just like the things that I've seen, small clips of him and stuff, he just seems like a very aggressive, like angry person. He does, he does. I've and seen. It's like, what's all that anger for if you think you're doing good? Right, and you know, the PR spins from the church is that everything is great and going really well. You know, and what's the aggression? <laughs> right, but then so. Some of you may not even know, but Scientology is banned in some countries. Yeah, I think it's Australia is one of them. Or maybe they took it back. I don't remember. <laughs> that was crazy. That yeah, way. like if countries are banning this religion, shouldn't we like, maybe I don't know. Pay attention to that a little bit. To, yeah. And another thing that <laughs> I thought was interesting behind them too is that they claim to be a religion only because of the tax write-off. Yes. Because there's... There's um, different levels of Scientology that you like. You can um, be a part of, mm-hmm. but you have to give so much money toward them. Yes, they are stories in this documentary on Netflix is telling like some of these people are going bankrupt because yeah. they literally think I will not make it in life, or I will not go to wherever Scientology thinks that they're going. Mm-hmm. Um. When it's all said and done, I won't make it there if I don't pay this top tier number. Yeah. And so these people are pulling out loans, putting their house up as mm-hmm. collateral, um, just doing crazy things to be able to pay these things. And it's like, how do people think that's okay? Mm-hmm. Like never in church I've been like ever persuaded to to give all my money. Sure. So that I can't even function or survive. Like, yeah, right. we tithe. Right. And and we give to certain ministries that we feel led to by the spirit, but it's like they're requiring, like when these people are like, okay, I'll pull it alone. They're like, yeah, great. Go ahead. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I think it's also like 
at least in our church context, the it's not structured the way that Scientology operates of like, it's to some degree, it's a pyramid scheme, but it's, um, yes. it, you have like these rankings yeah. and you have to take so many courses and read so many books and listen to so many tapes. And then you progress upwards and then it's another round of all of that. And then another round and another round and it's cost you more and more money. And then randomly they'll put out a new edition of one of the books and you have to start over. Yeah. And then these, if you're raised up in Scientology, like your parents were a part of it, they had you in Scientology, you don't even go to school. Right. So then you have like no real like educational background. And I can't imagine like if I was a part of it and I left, mm -hmm. how daunting that would feel Yeah. to be in the real world, to be like, what do I even do? Right. I'm 20 something years old. I don't even know if I could like go to school and get, Sure. Get Passing a GED grades. or yeah, whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that seems impossible to me. Yeah. And it's just like the, there's so many traits that you can't say it's not a cult. Like mm -hmm. they have, they, if you're not a part of Scientology, they cut you off from your family. They yeah. say you have nothing to do with them. That's such a true indicator that you're in a cult. Right. Right, right, right. That's that's the first thing they try to do is cut you off from everybody sure. so that they can manipulate you yeah. and make you feel like, no, I'm the only way you're going to survive. And so to me, it's just like, maybe that's what fascinates me about cults is because I want, I just want to be like self-aware to be like, oh, okay. And I'll, I'll never join one because okay. I, I know all. You're, you're educating yourself yes. against the signs. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. So leadership skills that we're learning, L. Ron Hubbard, you know. Um, you have the secret knowledge that you're pe that you're trying to communicate to people that you they need. You have the answers. Uh, David Miscavige, take every opportunity you can. Ultimate opportunist, take the power when you can, and control the narrative. You know, yeah. indoctrination. That's yeah. This is like I would say the purest of all the cults that we're going to talk about because there are some weird ones. Let's go on. You brought this one up and it goes on well with one I wanted to talk about. David Korish, I think is how you say his name. Uh, Branch Davidians, which if none of those words sound familiar, uh, the Waco Siege. Drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> is uh, what they're known for. <laughs> I thought it was Jamestown. Isn't that Jamestown who drank the Kool-Aid? I thought it was Waco that drank the Kool-Aid. No, Waco is the one that like... Weren't they surrounded by all the police? Yes. Waco? And they did like a shootout with police. I think you're thinking of Jamestown. The, oh, the drink of the Kool-Aid one. That's another crazy story. But David Korish of Waco and Gwen Shamblin of the Way Down and Remnant Fellowship. I think, checks notes, I think Shamblin was the last one I very recently watched. These two are not related to each other at all, other than they're both also yeah. kind of a part of Christianity. Kind of. So, yeah, well, what in wasn't Waco too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So, oh, you were saying that. I was still on Jamestown. You're still on Jamestown. Yeah, I think Jamestown's <laughs> like a little bit of this, like a Christian flavor to it as well. Yeah, they were a church. They're, okay. And they convinced their congregation 
something about aliens, I think. And that's Heaven's Gate. Oh, Heaven's Gate. Yeah, I've got them on the list. Don't <laughs> we're gonna get the Heaven's Gate. They're but with... they convince them to drink this concoction mm-hmm. to basically like tell them they were like you know gonna yeah ascend, and yeah. it's like mass yeah. mass suicide. Can you imagine the influence you have over someone's life to be able to convince not just like one person but an entire group of people like the charisma and the charm and the everything that you have to have to convince someone to a whole group of people you can't even keep your teenager in line like I can't even, yeah, right. Like I can't even, I can't manipulate him. You can't even, you can't even catch your, I can't keep Cooper in line. Like, but, but all of these like come over, come under like this Christian umbrella. Waco was part of the Davidic branch, Davidic, what was it? Branch Davidians, which I didn't even know what that was. They're part of seven day Adventist. And, Remnant Fellowship, Gwen Shambling grew to popularity in the 90s with The Way Down, which is like this Christian weight loss thing, which is a whole conversation of its own. Christian weight loss programs. Starts with this, ends up starting her own church that is rooted in part of your um, like sanctification, basically, is being able to lose weight and keeping off weight. Well, and I'm sure they use scripture to manipulate that because it was it's probably like, you know, your body is a temple and you don't want to put bad food into it. And yes. So I'm sure there was mass manipulation with scripture mm-hmm. used. I think the big one, if I remember right, this one this one I watched on HBO Max. Um, if I remember right, the big thing was it's idolatry. You are idolizing food out other than find rather than finding your comfort in God or in uh, your fulfillment in God, which is fair. Right. There's truth to that. Yeah. It's just like when it becomes, when body image becomes the, like the whole thing, that's, that's not healthy. Right. Yeah. Would you say these are cults? These like, offshoots of christianity because i i mean i don't know fully the 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 waco situation because seven day adventists are kind of like their own thing i believe they have like their own dietary rules um but like shamblin outside of the weight loss and also a little bit of a murky area on what she believes about the trinity like I don't know. Do you do you call these things cults? Um, because hmm. I really don't know. I don't know. Because uh, I guess you well first you would have to define like what makes a cult first. Sure. And like, does it have to fit all of that criteria, or mm-hmm. does it just seem to hit some of it to be sure. identified as that? I guess that's where I would start. Is it like a literal definition or is it more like a checklist of if you hit these things? Yeah. Yeah. Because I've heard people, you know, being in apologetics classes in the past, they would say something like, 
Mormonism or Jehovah Witnesses is a cult. I've heard people with my own ears say Catholicism is a cult. So there does seem to be a bit of a flippancy in the use of the term at times. But it's just, I, I don't know. It just says, cult, a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister. Well, then, and, and then it's like, that's per everyone's opinion. Right. What do you think is strange? And it, what I think is strange and sinister may be different to you. Sure. I mean, I hope we're we're um, on the same path, but right. we're going to find people where we're just like, oh, no, I don't think that there are going to be like things where people are like, oh, well, I don't think that's really weird. Whereas yeah. where I'm like, no, that's weird. Right. <laughs> or part of that definition was a small group, right? Yeah. So then Scientology is like this huge worldwide religion. Right. So yeah, there's a level of like, um, uh, there's like a level of, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Relevancy towards this. It's just a matter of perspective. Yeah, I think it is a matter of perspective and what you defined as that. Mm -hmm. um, and... I wonder with this lady, was there mm -hmm. anyone from when she broke off from her church and started mm -hmm. her own, was there anyone from her old church saying like, what are you doing? What's interesting about her is that this, the way down thing was like a big deal. It was a big deal, apparently in yeah, the 90s. Like, I don't like remember nationwide? this. Oh yeah. It was all over the place. Yeah. Um, so she very naturally, very naturally gathered a group of people together because there were people who were like moving to Tennessee where this church was to be a part of it. The, the thing that seemed to be the real sticking point for conservative evangelicalism was this denial of the Trinity teaching. Cause that's like a core tenant for um, most conservative evangelicals or really just most, most Christians. There are others who would disagree, but for the most part, Trinitarianism. Um, but no, and that's another one, almost like Hubbard. How do you go from Christian weight loss program to I am the head matriarch of my church, a matriarch of my church? Yeah. I don't. I don't know either. I don't know. And it was almost like she felt like, I wonder like, oh, I found the golden ticket because let's be honest, that is such a high market mm. of consumers. Weight loss. Sure. Yeah. Weight loss fads. Like, oh yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's, I wonder if she, she was just like, oh, I have something here mm -hmm. and I'll start off with people that I know who trust me. Mm -hmm. And that's insane to me. Yeah. Like, I would hope that, like, if I ever came to you and said something and you were like, wait. <laughs> Slow down. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, let's open the Bible. <laughs> let's look at this. Let's look at this. And so that's why I said, like, I'm curious if anyone from, like, pre prior, prior was mm -hmm. like, whoa, this is crazy. Yeah. They did talk about one of her daughters. So the unfortunate thing about this situation is that. Her and her husband, Shamblin and her husband, died in like a freak plane crash. Yeah. Plane crash. Um, 
situation just like a year ago. It's very fresh still. Like HBO was making the documentary when this was when this happened. Um, her daughter has taken over, but she has a son who the guy seems like from the documentary has some mental health issues mm -hmm. and is no longer associated with the church. So it goes to show you that your family could be involved in a situation like this. Your family could be the ones in charge and you still can pursue religion, pursue faith a different way and not see eye to eye with them. Yeah. And I wonder if like maybe his mental health is a part of like church abuse. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Sure. Um, I mean, you're at a church that's constantly telling you to lose weight. Right. That would be exhausting. Yeah. For anyone. Like what? I, no one could live up to that expectation. No. Or to every time you like go to eat, you're thinking about it or drinking something. Like sure. I can imagine that. I love pop more than I love. <laughs> I've water. heard that. I've heard that rumor. <laughs> and um, I've never once thought like maybe i shouldn't drink this maybe i shouldn't do this okay so from these quasi christian sex cults whatever you want to call them um we learn charisma and again kind of this just taking the opportunity as it comes up which is like part of leadership but it's also a little disturbing at times the results of like seeing an opportunity and taking it like where some of these lead to starting a church of weight loss fanatics all right yeah and i would think that like if you maybe didn't grow up in church people probably think we are something to call it like essentially sure. but i think like you know if non-believers were listening to this I would say, mm -hmm. you know, like I appreciate when the pastors say you should be opening your Bible and making sure what yeah. I'm preaching about is actually in your book. Yeah. Or like if you have questions, you should be asking them. Mm -hmm. And as opposed to where in these cults, like you don't ask questions. Right. You don't get this book, this guide. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's this is this and you're going to take it for what it is and you're not going to question it and you're not going to ask me questions mm -hmm. and you're not going to go above me yeah to find like find these answers that yeah. you're looking for and so yeah that's that is that's a good point that um controlling the narrative controlling the information yes i am the i am the final say i am the only way right like, yeah that is a big marker of what probably a cult is and also you know what christianity should not be because you're right you right. know christian a healthy church should encourage their followers um to study the bible to pursue god on their own to question things questions have gotten a bad reputation in church for the past few decades and that's wrong like it's healthy to question things it's normal to have doubts it's a human thing right and so church a church should be a safe space to explore those things not to be told just do what i say yeah or you're not gonna make it right <laughs> right <laughs> q anon q anon's next yeah interesting 
Okay, so you're a little unfamiliar with QAnon. Yeah. All right. And I did a little bit of research on it. And what I read, I was like, OMG. Like, (laughs) (laughs) how are these people? But I guess with QAnon, nobody knows. Correct. Uh, Like, who's the leader? Who's in charge? Or it, it could be possibly more than one leader. Correct. And so it's like, I guess then you know, you have a hard time narrowing it down to mm-hmm. hold somebody accountable. But the most disturbing thing I read is that they have a sex ring. They, okay. Or it's like child trafficking. Or- so, so yes, there's, there's a lot. QAnon is definitely different. One of the big different things is that there's not an actual like gathering space for QAnon. There's not a building. It's all online. It's through one of those like dark side of the internet chat sites. Well, yeah, because the if they gathered. Well, they did gather. It's called the January 6th insurrection. That was a big part of, but they don't have like a regular gathering place. There's a great, I don't know if you have HBO Max. There's a good documentary on there. Uh, called Q into the storm where the big thing about QAnon, one of the big things is that nobody knows who's actually in charge around. Nobody knows who Q is because Q is Q anonymous. That's what the anon part is. Mm. It's an anonymous chat site where you can literally post anything. And I mean, literally. How do you stumble upon that? How do you, I have no idea. I mean, I don't want to know, but I'm just saying. I have no idea. Like, that's part of the reason why I'm not saying the name of the websites, because I don't want to like, because they do talk about it and they show stuff in the documentary. But uh, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want people to go there because it's disturbing. Yeah. Um, And it started as, basically what it comes down to is trying to connect all of the conspiracy theories into one. And trying to prove that there's actually a secret cabal of like politicians and celebrities who eat and children and like sex slavery and like the whole thing. And that the savior, the one who's going to deliver us from this darkness, because that is a normal phrase that comes up. Uh, light is breaking into the darkness or something like that. It's With like, them? Yes, that is like the catchphrase. The light is piercing the darkness. Does that sound familiar at all? The savior is former President Donald Trump. And that having the election stolen from him was part of this. And that's how you get a lot of people who got into this involved in the January 6th insurrection. All because, as this documentary tries to prove, two internet trolls who own the website. Who are these internet trolls? Do they name the internet trolls? The the guys who own the websites. That's what this that's what this documentary is trying to prove is that it's the two guys who own the website who are doing all this as power manipulation and trolling. Yeah. Stunned silence. Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so they think that Trump's going to come and save all of them? That's what they tried to... Here's the thing. 
that's where I'm like, what? There's so this was all unfolding when Trump was running for president and was president. And yeah, somehow A led to B. Okay. I don't know if it was liter if there was literally anybody else in that position, if it would have been Donald Trump still, or if it just would have been whoever the president was. was. Yeah. yeah. I think Trump definitely has a certain type of personality that makes it work, makes it believable. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I What I wanted to <laughs> clarify was how they're trying to link all... Because, okay, I love a good conspiracy theory. Sure. I roll for AP <laughs> history. I wrote a paper on why I thought the government killed JFK. I knew you were going to say JFK. And so I was like, um, now whether I believe that or not, I wrote the paper okay. because I, I know that, that that's, that's a, a thing. That's a thing. Yeah. And there's a lot of like information out there supporting mm -hmm. it. And so I knew like, Oh, this would be an easy paper to write. Sure. Um, I, not that I, I don't even, you know, I don't think there's a conspiracy theory out there that I'm like, I believe that, but I think they're interesting to listen to. Sure. Um, so they're trying to link that. Like they were these conspiracy theory, like theories are all linked together. And the fact that like the government is playing a role in all of this stuff or. Yes. Oh, okay. there are like other politicians and other political leaders who are involved in this. Yeah, this was all this was like one of the many one of the many reasons we all just wanted to crawl under a rock during 2020. This was this was going on during all of that. I probably was already under the rock. Okay, and that's why I didn't good, know. Good. I'm glad you made it to the rock. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was like, I'm going to tune out for this part of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Peace out. Uh, but again, we get like this manipulation of power and controlling controlling the narrative controlling the information because if you can literally try to tie everything together you know then everything's believable well and i'm sure a lot of people believed it too because like you know with current events like with epstein like coming out and sure. how many politicians and celebrities are linked to him mm -hmm. and come to find out like he was you know raping young girls mm -hmm. and then like making it accessible to other celebrities to do the same thing and stuff. So it's like, Oh, we're going to shoot. I, we're going to shoot this out here that this is a thing mm -hmm. and people are going to hold on to it because of mm -hmm. stuff like this. And what's concerning to me is like a lot of the people, not all of the people, but a lot of the people who got into this were conservative evangelicals who supported Trump. And I'm not trying to say if you supported Trump, you're a bad person or anything like that. But like, like Christians are totally believing all of this. First off, we're on this very dark side of the internet. And also just like really believing all this very dark, disturbing information and equating the president to the savior. Like that's, that is literally what Christian nationalism is. Yeah. It, well, like in believing it, we're, 
they're not essentially supporting it, I guess. I mean, there was, there was like people who had identified as Christian that were part of the insurrection. Oh yeah. And like on the documentary and there and yeah, it's, it's really sad. Yeah. It's sad. We're more interested in conspiracy. I'm not trying to dunk on you. We're more interested oh, no. in conspiracy theories than what the word of God actually says. Yeah. You know, like have your theories fine, but like you're believing that more than what scripture actually tells you. So they're actually believing like Trump is the savior, like these Christians. savior of America. Yes. R- right. And so yes. then at that point, you would think that other people who are fellow Christians would be like, hey. I love how you keep bringing up accountability. I appreciate that. Well, yeah, because essentially, shouldn't we be doing that? Oh, yeah. And so it's like open scripture and tell me, like, if I say something that's off or is not, my theology is not wrong on it. I would hope that someone would gracefully come to me and say, hey, let's talk about this. Sure. In a loving way. And I know that that doesn't always happen. And Mm -hmm. that's a very like, you know, you you don't know how you're going to be perceived by others. And so like, sure, some people don't speak up because they're afraid of like somebody attacking them. Mm -hmm. And that's unfortunate because we need to leave space to have conversations um, that are uncomfortable. Sure. That we don't like. And I think that you only find growth there. Mm -hmm. And we are to call to walk our walk together as Christians. Mm -hmm. And so like, if we're off or something's not coming off, right, we should. And that's what I'm saying is like, I, I would have a hard time. Like if you and Claire left Buffalo and we're doing some crazy stuff, I'd be like, (laughs) Hey, I know you would too. I'd be like, (laughs) over here. Right. (laughs) Um, so I just, that's what gets me is like some of these people, but then that would go back to where these people even saved to begin with. Sure. Did they truly believe what they were being told? Mm -hmm. And, Cause how do you fall that hard? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. We don't know people's motives, but it's crazy to watch sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. I got two more. Let's run these down quickly. This is like my favorite one. <laughs> you know, it, it. Maybe I shouldn't say that because it's actually really bad. Keith naming your favorite like murder. Right. (laughs) Keith Rainier from Nexium. Nexium was like the most misogynistic feminist thing I've ever heard of. So. So explain a little bit for A, me and B, the listeners. Of course. Are listening and probably have no idea. Right. (laughs) Unless you watch the show Smallville, then you may know a little bit about it. Um, So. I didn't know that she was an actor in it that. Oh, oh, Allison Mack. Yeah. yeah, that was heartbroken. Um, <laughs> teenage me was very upset. Um, so in Nexium, uh, one thing that sociologists have wrestled with when it comes to cults is who is most attracted to cults? Is there a certain personality type, socioeconomic class, gender, anything? And the best that they can figure out is no, there, there isn't a certain type of person. Sometimes, though, they market themselves a little bit. Scientology actually really goes hard after celebrities for PR reasons. Nexium, there were some men in it, but it was more so geared towards women as an empowerment 
teaching you like full potential and you know your role in society and how to thrive in it and all these different things like that mm -hmm. okay similar to a lot of the other ones we talked about so far if you got accepted there was like classes you had to pay for and you lived in like homes with additional people type of thing but what ended up being discovered is that this part of the teachings was still very misogynistic of like you have your place in society as a woman and part of that is being submissive to men to all men correct um but especially keith okay and he was presented as very charming very charismatic very like relatable and very very i was gonna make a bad joke very for women but in a um manipulating kind of way what it turned out is that he was using this as a way to have a harem of sex slaves that they totally did not see themselves as sex slaves in the fact that the only person that they were submissive to were him yes and nobody else correct okay and the smallville reference there is that allison mack who played chloe was like the number two yeah in the organization i, I didn't know that yeah was the small smith, little bit like you knew. Yeah. yeah that i knew yeah so because her family was like trying to get her out right mm -hmm. so i think was it was like it. in the news a lot at that point it was in the news because her family was trying to be like whoa <laughs> what you're involved <laughs> what is in going on here is yeah. not okay yeah like they even would like brand them oh oh <laughs> yes With yeah roman numerals right yes okay that was supposed to spell out like a certain thing they were told it was supposed to spell out a certain thing but it was basically just his initials so like totally just treating this women like cattle and yeah yeah that's crazy it's fascinating so are they like still oh no he is no it's shut down shut down completely like i think he was arrested allison max served time in prison for being an accomplice like it was yeah because she was like coaxing women to join correct yes hmm. and i wonder if like i'm not saying like give her a pass or anything but like was she brainwashed like mm. to believe that this was like yeah how do you get to Again, it's like it's like the Jamestown thing of like, how do you get to this place? Right. And so were you brainwashed to believe that like what you were actually telling these women was like the truth? Yeah. And not saying that she shouldn't have served time. I mean, that's terrible. Sure. And the fact that you're just bringing in women. But like if you're brainwashed, you you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You know, it's almost like you you feel terrible. Yeah. For her. yeah it's if that's the case it's a vic is she a victim is she uh knowing and able-bodied yeah because people are like sinister so was she just as evil as him sure and just hit it really well sure because i would say probably most 
of these cult leaders are probably narcissists. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Once all the power and the money and, and the, manipulation, like, like how do you how do you not yeah. become a narcissist right. if you're not one already? And so then it was like, did he target women that were also narcissists? Mm, for his like leadership team, yes. yeah, maybe, maybe, or she was just that bought in, right? Which is like, where? And the, I used to research that, or I googled it once, and I was like, I probably should watch what I Google. Oh, oh no! What did you Google? Because How to brainwash somebody? <laughs> the eye in the sky is watching, right? Um, but I was like, I probably should like be careful about <laughs> what I, uh, you know, I'm googling on my phone. Um. No, I said, what state of mind would I have to be in to be convinced to join a cult hmm. or brainwashed? I think I Googled both of them because I was just okay. like, I can't fathom. Well, keep in mind, like with this and also Scientology, on the, the surface level, at the opening of the gate level, it's presented as I'm here to help you. It's like coaching. I'm here to help you to find fulfillment in your life, open up your mind to be able to do whatever you can in life to succeed. Well, then it's really good that I struggle with letting people help me. Oh, good. Because I would probably, I would have been like, hmm, I'm going to sit on that for a while. <laughs> and never come back to right. it. Last one. Let's run this down quickly. Last one. Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles, the two... I think there was another name as well from Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. And it's a weird combination of things. Yeah. Just going to be honest. So it Heaven was. And Gate. Yes. And it's New Age spiritualism, UFOlogy, and a dash of Christianity. Because the two is a reference to the two prophets who show up in the book of Revelation. They thought that they were the two prophets in the book of Revelation. Yeah. This one, I, I watched this one on HBO Max. And it's sad. It's another sad one. Because yeah. this is like, Jamestown ends with a mass suicide. Which again is like, how entrenched do you have to be in a certain doctrination to get to that level. Well, and in Jamestown, there was recordings while oh, right before that mass uh -huh. suicide went on. And there, it, it's really hard to listen to because there's, um, there's one woman who kind of tells him like, this isn't right. What we're oh. doing is not right. Okay. And she ends up obviously drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like cyanide and something else mm -hmm. mixed together. She ends up drinking it, obviously, because there was no survivors of that, correct? Mm -hmm. And so sure. that to me is like devastating. Like mm -hmm. you literally had people like telling you like, this is not okay. Mm -hmm. And little kids in the background, like screaming. Yeah. Like as this like recording is going on, because what they're doing, it was cyanide and something else. Mm -hmm. They drink it and it's like a, it's a awful death like sure. it's not fast mm -hmm. and so you hear these kids like screaming and crying in the background of these recordings that he's mm -hmm. recording and also a sign of narcissism so devastating because it was just like 
this is so awful. Yeah. Like what these people endured. Mm-hmm. Okay, but sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. it's okay. <laughs> Heaven's Gate was different. They were just so willing. Because they thought that this was how they were going to get on the mothership to go to their new planet. Which sounds bizarre and crazy. And I think the hardest part for me with all, almost all, literally all of these that we talked about is that for some reason, when it comes to like this or serial killers, I always think that that was like way in the past 70s or older. That happened in like 99. Waco happened a year before I was born. Shamblin passed away last year. Nexium was like four years ago. Scientology is still going on. Right. Like, just to know QAnon, I don't know what's going on with that right now. Nobody does. Nobody does. <laughs> Maybe that's the plan. Um, but like, all of these are so fresh, so current. And like, what are, what are we doing, church? Like, what are we doing? We want to like fight and argue over, okay, this and this is an old one, but we, we want to fight and argue over hymns and praise songs. And should we sing? And in the meantime, like people are being manipulated, taken advantage of, abused. And we just want to know, are we spending our money well for, on this church repair? Yeah. Oh, I absolutely agree with you. Like yeah. the things that we, or like not making it comfortable for people to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's crazy to me. Like, can we at least start there? Right. Like we should, we should be making it a safe place for people to ask questions and not feel like they're going to be condemned because they do ask a question. Sure. And even if it's off, we have an mm -hmm. opportunity to lead them back like to be like well no that's not right and this is why mm -hmm. and let me help you find the answer and if i can't get you the answer let me find somebody that could help you get the sure. answer sure and so i think that's upsetting to me because i'm just like i don't know it all i don't pretend to right. know it all and everything yeah, yeah. but we should make it comfortable for people um i don't want to fight or argue with someone or i don't want someone to make me feel less than because I just asked a simple question. Sure. And I think you have a point to that. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Why are those wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? Why is that so important? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 I agree. That's a good, more relevant. <laughs> it's the current one. <laughs> right. That's the current one. <laughs> Vaccination, you know, stuff like that. Yes. Like we want to get up in arms about that. In the meantime, this is happening and Chances are going to happen in other ways, in other forms. And it's like, how are we caring for these people? Yeah. Well, that's a great note to end this on. So <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back. I'll be back. Uh, I'll be back next week. Uh, again, talking about uh, King David. It's a much light, lighter episode for positive leadership traits that he had that we can start implementing into our life i had to read like the entire life of king david and journal about it it was a pretty good assignment took a long time but it was interesting yeah. uh, so that's what i'll talk, be talking about next week 
thanks for coming over and hanging out and doing this. Yeah, thanks for fun. having me. It was a very good conversation. Yeah. I could go on and on. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. We'll have to have you back. Yeah. Because we'll, uh, you have a thing you wanted to promote. Oh, if yes. you'd like to. So I um, do like balloon arches or like balloon backdrops for like pictures and you know stuff like that i say balloons and people are like what is that like balloon animals and i'm like no oh really that's where people go okay no 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 no. um so i have an instagram it's um annie's pop shop and so i have all my stuff all my pictures of all the um current things that i've done for like birthdays graduations nice um they're really good yeah, thanks. They're really good. I'll put that in the description. I'll put your handle in the description so people can find it. And you can go there to find links to all the other stuff. The website, the shop, the whatever. Go there. Look at my stuff. Buy a t-shirt. Because you should. Because you should. <laughs> I have pint glasses. Like, it's cool stuff on there. Um, thankfully, I always like to end every episode on a light note when I have a guest. Uh-huh. On a fun note, I ask them a random question that has nothing to do with what we just got done talking okay. about. <laughs> and the one I've been asking my guests for this series has been, where's your favorite place to go get pizza? Oh. I told you it has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> You're probably going to think I'm crazy. You're going to say Little Caesars, aren't you? No. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> But I do love Papa John's. Okay. But that's probably not my favorite place. My favorite place is actually AJ's, which is in Chesterton. Oh, I've never been there. Um, I really like their pizza. I actually ate their pizza and I was like, oh, this is real mozzarella. Not what I actually meant. <laughs> <laughs> but I said it and I was like, wow, this is real mozzarella cheese. I was like, don't most pizzas. <laughs> I hope so. Unless you're eating like vegan do you normally eat vegan pizza no okay good so i don't know, know why i said that comment aj's it, in chesterton i'll have to go yes. try that they have the best garlic knots oh okay it's right by um what's that park coffee creek coffee creek okay yeah. cool i have to go out there and check it out sometime <laughs> thanks again for being here thank you all for listening and remember as always theology is for everybody so keep on studying So I'm going to be straight up honest with you. I've been friends with you for several years. I still have no idea how to say your last name. Lahovich. Lahovich? Yeah. I'm glad I asked. (laughs) You know, when they were doing the podcast for, um, like, Dan, Kristen, and Scott were doing it, Mm -hmm. they had a whole debate on how to say it. That's so funny. That's really funny. Lahovich. I'll still mess that up. And I'm pretty sure Kristen thought she was right. How was she saying it? She, I don't know, but she's like, I know I I knew I said it. So I went back and listened to that episode. And I was like, no, none of you said it right. <laughs> I would have said Lakowitz. Yeah, but a lot of people pronounce it that way. Lahovich. Lahovich. Okay. Lahovich. Lahovich. I'll still mess it up. Yeah, it's okay.